Yahweh, I come before you, Father, that you bless this sharing of this word for your glory, for your purpose, edification, my brothers and sisters, encouragement for them to uplift, to enrich and for your glory, Father, for the gospel of Jesus Christ who came preaching your gospel and was turned and crucified but came as a sacrificial lamb so that all of us would have the opportunity to have the gift of salvation, redemption, and your love that you loved us so much, Father. Yahweh Aman, Yeshua Aman, Parakritos Aman. Brothers and sisters, just a little bit action, some that I shared already. And firstly, let me begin with an apology. I didn't realize how easily the pickup got my background page turning and note sifting. So I'll be cautious to that. But brothers and sisters, that praying for this gift, which is freely given to us, And in this gift that I share with you, brothers and sisters, that I prayed as Chavez. I shared that name with you before. Chavez, we can find him in the book of Chronicles. Let me flip over there right quickly. This is in Chronicles 4 and 10. And I share, and Chavez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me, Indeed, and enlarge my coast, and in thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me, and God granted him that which he requested. And the reason he did that is because God saw the heart of Jabez. His heart was good and righteous and upright, and he was born, and he was named that because his mother bore him in sorrow. Not that she was sorrowful for having borne him, but because it was a difficult birth. And Chavez went through the land blessing other people because God blessed him. And I pray that prayer for myself, and I would that you would entreat God to do the same for you and he knows, and he blesses. And I, I got to tell you, this thing that I'm doing here now, I'm so blessed by this. And he takes me into his word. He gets me in and moving around through his, his promise, his word. And I'm doing this study. And I'm so blessed by being able to do this. It's very awesome. But here, let's understand some things here that, we were talking the other day about diminishing God's might and how Israel went in. We were talking about the magnification of God, magnify God, but that we all seem to have this issue and we quite readily diminish God's ability and we diminish the gifts that we may have for God or even the gifts that he gives us or we question, you know, how come somebody else gets to do this or I get, and I shared with you, brothers and sisters, we don't compare ourselves. Christians should not 
compare themselves to other Christians, but simply to Christ. The word Christian means Christ-like, and that's what we need to be. We need to be Christ-like and stop comparing ourselves to other Christians and other people in the world. The Pharisees used to pray. One of their, oh my goodness, and actually Jesus has a lesson in. I'll find that scripture and I'll share it another time. But how the Pharisees would go in and he talks about their prayers. And when they go in, their prayers are very vaunted and, and they get loud and they get, uh, you know, they get uh, <laughs> pretty boisterous, but it's not for worship or praise. It's so people look at them. People look at them and hear them. And many times what they do is they, they prayer a comparison. Oh, thank you, God, for not making me like that man, you know, he can't dress right and he has a stench. Thank you, God, that I'm not like him. That's not an honorable prayer. That's not a righteous prayer. That's an arrogant, self-centered, no God-involved prayer. It's all about self. When we pray, we must have a righteous prayer. A righteous prayer is like an incense in the temple of God. And I shared with you before, brothers and sisters, in the book of Revelation, God saves our prayers in little golden vials in his temple. All the prayers of the saints. We are the saints, by the way. You're saved. You accept that Jesus Christ is coming and he also died for us. And we have faith in God, which is all we're asked. We are the saints. And our purpose and our goal is that we do the gospel, we share the gospel so that other people have that opportunity. And in 1 Corinthians 2, 11 and 12, for what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of a man which is in him? And even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is, in, is of God, that we might know the things that are freely, freely given to us of God. Not comparing ourselves one to another, Oh, man, he's got this big old house. Man, he's got this great car. Oh, look at how she dresses. Wow, look at that purse she's got, Louis Vuitton. There are a lot of knockoffs out there. They look like the real deal, and they have logos on them. But sometimes it's not everything that it seems to be. With God, it's not an appearance. With God, it's real. With man or mammon, they portray it's a portrayal. They put out in front so other people can look. Other people will envy. Other people will relish what they have. But that's the center of their life. That's their idol. And it is of the devil. It's not of God. God gives us the spiritual gift freely given to us freely given. 
And that is what our purpose is, brothers and sisters, to to give to others the gospel. You know, Jesus Christ came and he came simply because his father asked that he come. And he did that. Why? Because God so loved the world. They loved what was created. He didn't want to destroy life again. He had already repented once of that and destroyed it in the flood of Noah. He didn't want that to happen again. And he spoke this openly. Jesus said, I will go, Father. I will go. He set his crown down on his throne and didn't have to come incidentally. That's scriptural. He didn't have to come. God didn't say, you're going to go to die. It wasn't like that. It was spoken. And he said, I will go. I will go. No greater gift can a man give than to lay down his life for his brother or sister. Jesus Christ did that. A gift, incidentally, brothers and sisters, is freely given or should be freely given. But mammon has turned it into something other. Christmas, different times, you know, and holidays. You know, they, mammon will give gifts to one another expecting a gift either of equal value or greater value from someone else. This is taught to the children. Children grow up learning that. I shared with you before, and this is also in the Bible, incidentally. Children being born into a world of sin, which we all are, and it is, but children are born without guile. They have no concept of lying, cheating, deceiving, they don't know this. They will speak truth. They will speak in innocence. They love mightily. They fear greatly. <laughs> but here's the thing, brothers and sisters, all the lying, cheating, deceiving, stealing, little white lies, little, that's taught to children. They learn that growing up. And Jesus rebuked his disciples when they tried to keep the children from him. Suffer not the little children to come unto me, but lest ye become as children, ye shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. Why did he say that? Because children are born without guile. We can put that, that terrible thing that we've learned growing up, we can put that away. Accepting Jesus Christ for who he is and who he was when he came as a sacrificial lamb. That's all, that's all we have to do. Accepting Jesus Christ, having faith in God, 
And that's it. And here, this is the key right here. And in Romans 10, 8 and 9. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is, the word of faith, which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Wow. That's all God requests, is that we have faith. And in 1017, It talks about faith. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen to the word of God. Share the word of God. It increases our faith. Everything that we have increases by manifestation of the word and the promises of God. And it is so powerful and freely given and it talks and here we have in chat Romans 11 6 and if by grace then is it no more of works otherwise grace is no more grace but if it be of works then it is no more grace otherwise work is no more work uh, that sounds a little bit confusing, but here's the thing. They're talking about grace and faith, and it's freely given, not that we can earn it. It can't be earned. If we earned it, then it wouldn't be grace. And we would have to be earning everything by what we work, and and then if it's not by the grace and we're not working, it, it goes in a circle, brothers and sisters. We can't earn grace from God. God is giving it to us freely. Grace is free. And mercy that God has, new mercies I see every day. Great is thy faithfulness, Lord God, my Father. New mercies I see day by day. The grace being that he freely gives us the breath that we have because he loves us. The mercy is that he doesn't diminish or take it. Yeah, I have to understand that grace is giving what we don't deserve because as it says here, we can't earn it. We can't earn it. Okay? We can't get it by working for it. We can't get it by working toward it. Okay? It's freely given. It's gracefully given what we don't deserve. Mercy of God is allowing us to keep it and use what he freely gave us to have. That's what it is. That's what it's about. And yes, it says that we must work diligently 
And, but the work that we do is what God bases our life and he looks at us in that judgment so that our works are good works. And our works are that we speak righteous truth to brothers and sisters, that we uplift, we encourage, and we share the word. Those are our works. That's what we're called to do. But that doesn't earn us a salvation. That doesn't earn us that place. Okay? That is just what we're called to do. Once we accept that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God and came for our righteous salvation, redemption, and cleansing, we accept that, confess that, and then we have faith in God to continue walking in belief of that. That is what our salvation is about. And whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. It doesn't matter who it is, what you've done. Do not listen to the enemy when he says something about your gift to God. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to God is the acceptance of his only begotten son and faith in him. That's all he's ever asked for. His birthday, Father's Day, Christmas, that's all he ever wants is faith in him and belief in Jesus Christ. That is the greatest gift you can give him. Do not listen to the devil and saying that your gifts is not good enough. Okay, this is what I was talking about. Magnify the Lord. Magnify the Lord. The Lord is greater than all things and the devil tries to diminish everything. The devil will try to diminish your gift. And the gift is anything that you give with the righteousness in your heart. Okay? This is in Luke 21. And I will read Luke 21, beginning of the first verse. And he looked up and saw the rich men casting their gifts into the treasury. And he saw also a certain poor widow casting in thither two mites. And he said of a truth, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than they all. For all these have of their abundance. They cast into the offerings of God. But she of her penury hath cast in all the living that she has. So they didn't quite get what he was talking about, but that's the truth. They gave. They had plenty. They had estates. They had wealth. They had indignation. They had arrogance. They had the trappings so that everyone could see what they gave. And they gave because, eh, it's time for synagogue. We have to go to the temple. Eh, we'll put something in the box. In that loud trumpet-shaped funnel that went into the box, they cast their money in there casting their gifts into the treasury. But the woman came because it was all she had and her faith in God, her belief in her heart. That's everything she had and it was more honorable. And brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, you know, it comes, and I've shared this with you before, that we have to be careful that we're not deceived. 
that many come in his name saying that that their Christ manifest and you know come over here or that they know when Jesus is coming again or Jesus is always comes to our back room of the church and you come to this church join this church be members here but we have to be careful for no one knows when Christ is coming again save the father himself it's not even discussed in heaven the angels don't even know when Jesus is coming again this is on God's time schedule we always try to mathematically figure it out. We always try to do these math equations to figure out the second coming of Jesus. And, go, and there are those that teach this. They go back in the Bible and they say, well, mathematically, if you take this and you do this and do that and do this, that's false doctrine and false teaching. There are teachers that will take and do math in the Bible, but figuring out the pattern of the truths that are in the Bible that have already taken place. They can't predict the future from that, and they're not doing that. They're, predict they're just simply verifying scientifically, mathematically, factual evidence that shows that things happened at a certain time. And they show that. And the others that are trying to predict what's going on don't have that capability. They can't do that. That is not acceptable, and it's not what it's about. And Jesus also teaches in Luke 20, 46 and 47. Beware of the scribes that desire to walk in long robes and love greetings in the markets, the highest seats in the synagogue, and the chief rooms at the feasts which devour widows' houses and for a show make long prayers. The same shall receive greater damnation. Brothers and sisters, there are those that do these things to be looked at and heard, and, but their, their reality is that they have not a righteous heart. They take and they deceive. And you know, Jesus learned about these, well, knew about these folks, and they didn't, they didn't get a lot of things what he was talking about. And when Jesus talks to them and he gives them another parabolic story, it's very interesting that he spoke in parables around whenever he got around Jerusalem and he knew that he'd have to be in front of the scribes and Pharisees, he spoke parables. And it's interesting that that happened. And I, I started paying attention to this in the Bible. But then after he says this, he always tells them, they that have an ear, let them hear. And after these things, when they confronted Jesus, and they always confront him, in chapter 2020 of Luke, and they watched him and sent forth spies, which should feign themselves just men that they might take hold of his words, so that they might deliver him unto the power and authority of the governor. So they thought that they were being wise guys. They thought that they were going to deceive Jesus and be able to catch him in his words. And they tried to do that when they were talking about the tax money and the money that they have. And... <laughs> 
at the end of this when he told them that you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's and that things that are unto God, to God. Luke twenty twenty six. this is so funny. And they could not take hold of his words before the people. And they marveled at his answer and held their peace. They didn't get what he was talking about. They wanted to argue with him, but they were also fearful of the people because the people always marveled at what Jesus said. They always heard what he had to say. And it's funny, I say, because the Pharisees who were supposed to be so learned in the scriptures and the word, as Jesus told them, said, you know the word, but you don't know God. You have no idea of God. You are vaunting yourselves. You run around in your long robes and your trappings. He said, but you don't know God. And it's just, it's amazing to me, the things that people will do and they put down their gifts that they have because the devil convinces them and it's not good enough for God. Or they put down the gifts of God because the devil convinces them that they're not good enough. But like I tell you, brothers and sisters, is that the gifts are freely giving and we should not ever question whether or not the gifts that we have are good enough for God. God honors everything that we do or say or give if it's done in righteousness. If it is righteous in our heart and we honestly truly give it because we have that in our hearts to do in righteousness, God honors it. It doesn't matter how good it is, how much it is, or how little it is. God doesn't care. You're doing it because you care. You're doing it because you love. You're doing it because you have faith. And that's what the word tells us to do. And when I speak of faith, I would like to remind us in Luke 7. This is so powerful. It's so awesome. And some don't get it. Now, when he had ended all of his sayings, in the audience of the people, he entered in Capernaum. And a certain centurion's servant, who was dear unto him, was sick and ready to die. And when he heard of Jesus, he sent unto him the elders of the Jews, beseeching him that he would come and heal his servant. And when they came to Jesus, they besought him instantly, saying that he was worthy of for whom he should do this. For he loveth our nation, and he had built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed, for I also am a man set under authority having under me soldiers. And I say unto one, go, and he goeth. Unto another, come, and he cometh. And to my servant, do this, and he doeth it. 
When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned him about and said unto the people that followed him, I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. They sent his servants back to the centurion and his faithful manservant was healed. This is some of the things that we miss out on. And the Pharisees missed because they didn't get most of what he talked about in the parable of the Good Samaritan. They didn't get that at all. This is a factual occurrence that happened that Jesus took care of and gifted to this Roman soldier because the soldier was righteous in his heart, wasn't a Jew, and he was doing what he had to do as the local tyrannical governor and and the empire of Rome was doing, and he was doing it because he recognized the authority that he was under. But he also knew in his heart that Jesus Christ was under an authority, and that authority was God, the Father, and he recognized that. As in the parable of the Good Samaritan, the Pharisees missed out This man that was the only man that reached out and helped was not even Jewish. He was a Samaritan. But here's the thing, brothers and sisters. All that was in the eyes of men. All that was in mammon. It doesn't matter what we are. It doesn't matter what color we have. The tonation of our flesh doesn't matter. It's the character of our hearts that matter. Do we reflect Christ to other people or do we worry about what color somebody's skin is? Do we worry about what kind of clothes they have on, what they're wearing, or even what they smell like? My heart breaks to a lot of these folks out there because I don't know where they came from or what they're doing and why they are where they are. But my heart breaks for them and I yield to that in my heart and I try to do good by them the best that I am able to do. And I am so blessed by that. God, God brings people in and around my life that I can share with. And sometimes they come only because they know that I talk to God. And I talk to God with them. Sometimes that's all they want. Sometimes that's all they feel like they need. And it may be all that they need. Here's the thing, brothers and sisters, are what we think we need, what we want, or what we actually need. The joy of the Lord is my strength and I look around what I have and what's been diminished in my life, but I am joyful because the Lord is my strength and he provides me with what I need. And I was just thinking about this. I actually went to the grocery store the other day, the first time in two months. No, I don't get delivery, but it seems like things get multiplied around here? I don't know. (laughs) 
It's a mystery. God is a great mystery. God is love. God is good. God is great. And I've shared with you before, brothers and sisters, that these gifts that are given of God are not because it's the right thing to do. It's God's character. There's a list of names that I wrote in the front of my Bible and in my share book. Yahweh, I am. Jehovah, Adonai, sovereign God. Edgabor, mighty God. Elohika, Lord my God. Elohinu, Lord our God. Elohim, eternal creator. Elolam, everlasting God. El Shaddai, all sufficient. Elion, most high. Hosenu, Lord my maker. Chira, Lord my provider. Nikashim, Lord my sanctifier. Nisi, Lord my banner. Rafa, Lord my healer. Rohi, Lord my shepherd. Sabbath, Lord of hosts. Shalom, Lord of my peace. Shama, my Lord is present. Sidekunu, Lord my righteousness. All these names that are in this list are not because he does them or he can do them. It is because that's his character. His character is to provide for us. His character is that he is always there, omnipresent, omnipotent, always there and by us. Oh, Lord, my God, he is my God. And why? Because he created me. He created all things. And God so loved the world. Have God, mighty God? Yes, he is. Isaiah 9, 6 and 7. Adonai, sovereign God. Genesis 15, 2 and 8. It should die. Almighty God. Genesis 17, 1. Brothers and sisters, I love y'all. Have a great day. Be encouraged. Share with people. Gifts are free. Remember that. Gifts are free. They're not an exchange. So when you give something to God, give something to the church, and it should be done freely without expectance of anything in return. And, you know... That's just the way it is. You give it, not expecting anything. God gave that just because he wanted the world to be saved. He didn't want to destroy the world. So he gave his only begotten son for us. He asked so little to come back. He doesn't ask for us to pound away mightily and and build temples and churches and he doesn't expect that from us because that's not going to earn anything what's most grateful by God or what he appreciates greatly and all that he would like us to do accept Jesus Christ 
as his only begotten son and have faith in him. Walk in faith with him. Increase your faith by the word of God, his knowledge and wisdom that he will impart. Brothers and sisters, he does answer prayer. He does listen and he loves us mightily. Be blessed and have a great day. I love y'all.